This is Dead Letter Radio, episode 32, and here we have the slogan, Your Words, Your Podcast, because we feature your writing, your poetry, your short stories, your letters, basically anything you've written down. We give it a voice and a platform, but you're really the star of each and every episode. So thank you for joining me again, and as always, if this is your first time listening and you would like to learn how to submit your own written work, stay tuned to the end of the episode and I'll go through that whole process. So, for today's release date, which is August 8th, we're just going to do a quick weather update to see what kind of day you guys are having, or already had, depending on when you listened. Um, So looking at like 84 degrees Fahrenheit, partially cloudy, so I hope you're able to enjoy these warm days as summer is coming closer to an end, and but maybe fall will be so warm, maybe you can squeak out a few more uh, beach days. So before we get started, I always like to do like a quick update with all of you, just to, you know, touch base and talk a little bit. I actually don't have too much to say this week. I feel like the last few episodes have been a lot of me talking and not really focusing as much on uh, your guys' written work, so I'll keep this one brief. Really all I wanted to say is... <laughs> This sounds going to sound very random, but I really don't like treadmills. Um, I feel like they're like one of the most boring exercises, and it's hard to stay focused unless you have something to watch and such, and it made me think about just how life can feel like a treadmill at times, that you're just running in place, unable to gain momentum or a good grip, and don't feel like you're moving forward, even though you feel like you are moving constantly, just not where you want to go. So, my motivation to everyone this week is to keep going, keep running. Uh, Breaks are fine, but as time moves forward, we should keep trying our best to move forward to whatever goal you're aiming for, because you're the one that's in control and trying to determine that if you have a chance to achieve it, it's up to you. Um, That's motivation for myself, and I hope it's a little motivation for anyone who is listening and maybe feels like they're a bit stuck in place. So that's it. Maybe that was a little bit of a stretch, but I wanted to just share that as it was on my mind. We have a great episode today, even a short story, which we're going to start off with. So, as always, even though this podcast seems like it's very poetry-focused and poetry-heavy, um, I do love to get submissions of short stories, of 650 words or less, just about, and even letters, um, because this is all things uh, written. So, to begin, I will be sharing a piece by Micah Castle and it is titled, Heavenly Abyss. I waited years to stand before these gates, yet they are not as heavenly as the book promised. Abandoned, rusted, one hanging on a metal hinge weighing on the gray, cloudy ground. But there's nowhere else to go, nothing but grayness as far as the eye can see. A cold wind blows, The broken hinge sways, creaking. The gate's heavy, but it gives after some force, wailing as though it grown used to stagnation. It's as empty inside as out, wispy gray clouds underfoot and above, a hollowness I haven't felt since Bath's passing. It's colder here, as though the wind blows out beyond the gates. I don't know what to do, so I walk for a time. Searching for anyone, finding no one. Not sure if I've gone anywhere, I glance back and the gates are a dark speck on the bleak horizon. The farther I travel, the colder and darker it becomes. 
I didn't believe I would feel frigidness in heaven. The book only spoke of warmth and welcoming and love. I wrapped my arms around myself, carried by the strengthening gale. The gray had seeped to black, but I emit a wavering, dim glow, reaching a foot or so around me. Hello? I call out, the word ending as soon as it leaves my lips. Anybody? I shout, coming out a whisper. I stop afterwards. The wind vacuums from an impossibly large gouge in the ground. By my flickering light, a jagged rim is visible, dropping into a blackness I can't properly describe. I follow the rim for a while, but it's endless. I try the other end, the same. I stand at the edge, my hair blown forward, eyes watering, teeth clenched. Is this where everything and everyone went? Is this where Beth went? Where does it lead to? Who created it? Is God down there too? Did I follow the path of the others before me, one after another, until there was nothing but emptiness left? Or is the real heaven down there? These questions and more tumble through my head like leaves on pavement. Nothingness around me, and potentially everything at my feet. Nowhere else to go. I hesitate and jump in. So thank you, Micah, for sharing this flash fiction piece with us. If you're ever struggling, maybe, starting a story, I think a good exercise uh, to do is doing a flash fiction piece, doing a a very short glimpse of a story or something that gives you the overall tone of one in just a couple of paragraphs. And you can have something very exciting, as I think Micah wrote here. Um, when I was actually speaking to them, I told them it reminded me of this other book and the way that they described the setting and how this mysterious land, which is in this story, heaven, being not as uh, the narrator thought it would be, um, it reminds me of the book House of the Falling Leaves, which kind of describes another eerie alternate dimensional plane where it's maybe the words themselves aren't creepy, but it does give you this sense of unease and anxiety, you know, wrapped in mystery. And I thought Micah did it really well there. Uh, for everything from subverting expectations, just with me as narrator, and um, I thought it was a fun read. And I would love to see, Mike, if you ever expand on this further, or if you just leave it as is. I think uh, whatever you did was really great, so thank you. The next one is by Brady uh, Prisano, and it is titled, Here I Lay. Summer falls to a chilled autumn. Leaves turn to burnt-out shades. Here I lay in the crossroads of nature. Do I tend my own forest and find a forgotten face in the woods? Wait patient in meditation, solitary enlightenment. Watch as the bright spring sun crests the horizon. Do I grow my garden of confidence and self-sustainability, maturity and rescue in the face of aggressive, obsessive, and anxious pestilence? Work righteously to raise the summer sun 
and basked in the bodily warmth of its love. But the labor of summer is up to another, and my labor may soon fall to the chilled autumn once again. I fear the wrath and scourge of winter, isolated and stranded on a froth-laden plot, scarred and calloused from the self-inflicted cold front, doomed to scavenge and scour for the warmth of a long-lost summer. Here I lay in the crossroads of nature. Thank you, Brady, for sharing uh, your poem, Here I Lay. First off, always love a good nature-themed poem, <laughs> especially living in a place with four seasons. Uh, I just I just love experiencing them all. This poem really, at least in my mind, and maybe this is what you're going for, Brady, but brings up the indecision and anxiety that we can feel when the big decisions are coming up or a big event is lying ahead. The feeling that we're at that crossroads and those big events can, how we can view it ourselves as being seasons. If we feel like a winter's coming up, well, how do we prepare for it? Do we try to work on ourselves to meditate, become content, find that enlightenment and get ready? Or do we uh, work on ourselves in a different way and try to build up as confidence or maybe focus on improving our career or things that will make us more sustainable and uh, more ready for whatever the trial comes because we have more supplies in one sense. And I just really like, at least, and I said I could be interpreting this completely wrong, um, but for me, the last uh, line, second to last line, says, doomed to scavenge and scour for the warmth of a long lost summer. That sometimes when we're facing that big final event and we know it's coming, no matter how we prepare for it, if it's truly a hard task, there might always be that part of us that is either afraid or will be kind of reminiscing and missing the time before. And so just like a crossroad, we can never be fully prepared on what may come about. We just have to choose what's the best path for us. So thank you so much, Brady, for sharing this poem. By Ksenia K. This poem is titled, A Letter to Mycelium or Misunderstood Mushrooms. God lives in the ground, I think. I looked for her on pews and churches. I stood inside cathedrals covering my hair. I even worshipped money in a brief resurgence, but I never found her there. Others looked for her in jewels and houses. Some think they heard her in the speaker's sound. Some think that she is in their spouses. But no, I found God. She is in the ground. Don't worry, she's not dead and buried. She is still very much alive. The ground is not her bed, I queried, but rather not unlike her hive. I know because she comes to dinner. She likes the cream sauce that I make. No matter that I'm a beginner, we'll sit and talk until daybreak. She tells me of her wide, wide networks, how she has wiretapped the trees. She knows exactly how the world works from the moss up to the bees. She kills and cures 
recycles and creates from barren rocks with time, lush forests she inflates. And when we die, she leaves no traces. She is beginning and she's end. She has three million different faces. Some are foe and some are friend. Her fingers touch most every aspect of our lives here on the earth. And even when we're in a casket, she'll come and turn us back to dirt. Sometimes I liken her to Gaia. Sometimes I liken her to food. I hope that now you can see why a mushroom feels misunderstood. So thank you so much, uh, Ksenia K, for sharing this poem. Um, when I was, first, I'll say what really drew me to it is, I think this is the first poem I read that had such a reverence for mushrooms, and I thought that was just really cool. Um, quick fun fact, and if you are one of my friends who might be listening to this, one of my close friends, you probably hate this because I'm known to just do fun facts. But I pulled it up to make sure this one was true. It's something I heard. But that one of the largest living things on the earth is actually a fungus. So I'm just pulling up an article real quick. This is from the BBC. And let me just see right here. It's a specific specific honey fungus measuring 2.4 miles across in the Blue Mountains in Oregon. And it's thought to be the largest living organism on Earth. And so that's, I really like that too, just that fun fact, because we all always think about the mushroom as being the thing we see on the surface. But that is, if my understanding is correctly, just how they reproduce and spread their spores, while you have the root system or tendrils, or however you want to liken it, um, being the actual full uh, organism. So I just thought that was super interesting. And I really love just giving this reverence to uh, mushrooms that uh, Ksenia K did because instead of, we might just walk by them and think of them as a fungus, but uh, really highlighting the insanity that uh, this organism is in a sense of, you know, it helps break down uh, decay and matter, gives us food, but also can be highly poisonous if you're uh, not careful. They can exist um, for over a thousand years, depending on the species, and this organism hasn't been attacked or anything. They spread in very unique ways as well. Um, there are huge effects. They have huge effects on ecosystems, and it's just mind blowing. The, the I just get going when it comes to nature stuff, and so I really appreciated this poem by Kesenia. Also, what you can't see, um, but a little wordplay uh, by them is that in the second to la- or the last stanza, the two first lines are, Sometimes I liken her to Gaia, sometimes I liken her to food. That's liken spelled L-I-C-H-E-N. So I just thought that was a bit of good fun. By Lightning Palm on Reddit, this next poem is titled, Mother Night. Oh, Mother Night, please. Please tell me if it's true. Your brother is a liar, painting pictures without contour, but in so many shades and colors. Far away I want to reach. Can you do that for me, Mother Night? To take my youth and my dreams too, so in your grasp I wither, and in your arms I die. Flowering night, 
hopeful garden, erase the present, and tell a story of the future. Let my heart succumb to lies, and my mind forget the past. I don't need to see in all the colors, a stroke here and a word there. You'll show me what's unimportant. O endless garden, beautiful night, take my pain and my lifeblood, hold me tightly in your arms, and don't let go, for I'm afraid you're all I have. So thank you, Lightning Palm, for sharing uh, this wonderful poem, Mother Night. Regarding this piece, they said, The night is a time where you can be alone and focus on just yourself and your own thoughts and imaginations with endless freedom to explore. And when you meet with other people, they loosen up and show their raw and unaltered selves. It's the time to be alive, the time to dream and philosophize, the time to love, the time to wallow in old memories and make wishes about the distant past. But there is also a danger in this the danger to lose grip of reality. And I think you captured that sentiment really well, at least from one night owl to the next. <laughs> um, the nighttime, I said the nighttime, nighttime as a whole has always been the time where I've been most active and most driven, uh, when, especially when it came to creative pursuits. Uh, one, it was, it's always the time that everyone else is asleep so you can be finally left alone with your own thoughts and your own inspirations and dreams. And as you put it, you, your mind can basically run wild with these things. But there is a danger to it. There, Some of us, I know sometimes I have this tendency, but at night since you're so left with your thoughts, anxieties and fears and disappointments, uh, you can also easily dwell too long on these things. I really like, too, how in the poem, and maybe I'm overreading it, but it feels like the narrator is getting addicted uh, to their relationship with Mother Night, for saying that she is all uh, they have. Or, you know, too much of one thing is always uh, can be a bad thing, you know? But the stanza that really stood out to me and really captured my feelings when it comes to nighttime is flowering night, hopeful garden. Erase the present and tell a story of the future. Let my heart succumb to lies and my mind forget the past. How often have we just wished to fantasize about what could be and extend that hope late into the night hoping to forget uh, maybe the painful past that we may have. And, you know, maybe that future in its own essence is a lie because maybe the things that we dream and long for are close to impossibilities. But what better time to dream and focus on those than in the grasp of night? So thank you, Leighton Palm, for sharing. This next poem is by N. Ward, and it is titled... Lamentations on Vesuvius Obsidian skies, doves strangled amidst the iridescent chaos, your hand in mine penance to Clementia. Dearest, shield me from the battalion above, make the wounds fade, my cleric, 
make it so the ash turns to rain. So thank you, Edward, for sharing uh, this poem with us. What really drew me to this one and captured it for me was in movies and a lot of times media and maybe how we hope we will be and when our time is up, uh, when we have to face our mortality and uh, death is at our door. I think there's that hope that we want to betray ourselves and the media betrays us as well, that we will have that stalwart uh, resignation, that the stoicness to accept what's about to happen and be content with it without regret and go out bravely, as some would say. But I really like this poem as Vesuvius is erupting and yeah, two lovers, I assume, is asking shield me from this, make these wounds fade, make it so the ash turns to rain. So instead of facing their demise with a stern resolution of accepting what is to be, their final thoughts are hoping it was all different. Different. It doesn't seem much more like reality. Now obviously I can't speak for everyone, because there obviously must be people in history that when it came time for them to go, they did have that uh, valor and that bravery and that acceptance. But I think how truly human this poem is in capturing even in such few lines that many of us probably would want to keep living, if possible, wishing that circumstances were different because as rough as life can be at times, there are those good moments. And as long as you're alive, there are possibilities to keep having good moments. And so I just thought this was a very raw um, and bittersweet glimpse into how sometimes even at the end, we want to long for more. And so thank you for sharing this. And so that is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for everyone who uh, submitted their writing and uh, honored me with a chance to read it and share it and give my own thoughts regarding each piece. As I said, this podcast is never about criticizing or judging any of the materials sent in. It's really just a place for your work to be shared, maybe inspire others or comfort others if they're going through something similar or able to relate to your words. And just to give a platform, as I said, for, that's safe for writers. Sharing your writing or anything creative can be one of these, to me, scariest things to do because it is a uh, part of you. And it's a part of how your mind interprets and creates uh, the world around you. So, I, once again, I appreciate it so much. If you enjoyed this episode, um, it helps me out a lot if you're able to leave a review. You can do so on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts is the easiest way to do so. Um, but you always will follow on Spotify as well or wherever else you get your podcasts. We're in a, numerous, a number of places now. Now, if you're looking to see how you can submit your own work, it's relatively simple. One of the easiest ways is to reach out to me on Twitter 
if you go on Twitter, it's Dead Letter Cast, C-A-S-T, Dead Letter Cast. That is the podcast's official Twitter account. You can go there. You can DM me if you have any questions. But there on my bio, you will see uh, the podcast email, which is deadletterradiopodcast at gmail.com. There, all I say is that when you want to send in your work, include it in an email that is a PDF, if possible, or a Word document. Make sure that the subject line has the title, and then you can also put in the body of the email if uh, any background information regarding the piece you want shared. For example, sometimes people write their uh, inspiration for the piece of writing they did, or maybe how they went about thinking about it, things of that nature, or reasons why they want it to be shared can also be included. And then just let me know how you'd want to be credited as well. Um, you can be anonymous, too, if that's more comfortable for you. Or you can use usernames, or you can use a uh, website. Though I'm not going to do like a whole long list of shout-outs, but if you're like, hey, this is primarily where you are, it's this website, then sure, why not? Um, but yeah, so as I said, email is the quickest way, PDF, uh, title of the piece, how you want to be accredited, and then any background information regarding the piece if you want that shared. But you can always DM me on Twitter if you have any questions regarding the submission process. The only real caveat is if a piece has uh, profanity in it, I try to keep this podcast as accessible in terms of language uh, to people as possible. While while I don't mind talking about adult topics or anything on here uh, when it comes to certain language use, um, if you're able to edit it, that's great. But we can discuss that further to see what works and what doesn't. And the other, the only other caveat too is that if it's a short story, um, I ask for like 650 words or less. That way, I can make sure there's time for other people and keep the podcast reasonably length as well. So that's about it, I think. Once again, thank you so much for submitting, and thank you uh, for all of you that are listening that are, allowed me to uh, talk your ear off a little bit <laughs> and made room in your day uh, to listen to a stranger on the internet read you some amazing writing from those across the globe. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I hope the week uh, lives up to all the excitement and the possibilities that it holds for you. And I'm sure whatever you're up to, or whatever you're aiming for, you'll knock it out of the park. This is Taze with Dead Letter Radio, and I'm wishing you all safe travels.